Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Howdy, y'all. That's Southern for good evening. And welcome to another two hours of motorsports conversation. Here on the Performance Motorsports Network, you're listening to Motorsports Madness. And we're going to have some fun here tonight on this here show. Don't we always? Well, yes, we always do, but we are going to have more fun, I think, than usual because we get to have a guest in studio with us tonight, which always means we're having fun. fun. After, well, technical issues last week, we got to pull Bailey Curry in here for the Monday night edition of Our Craziness. We'll get to him in just a second, but we are glad to have Bailey in studio with us tonight. For those uninitiated, I am Jacob Seelman, the host of this here program. Joining me at the round table is Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker, and via the Race Chaser Skype line, we have Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, and Cisco Scaramuza out of the great expanse of the Midwest, or as expansive as that. Man, that nerd. Be. Who's that guy? What a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. He's strange. I don't know. Techno geek. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, we're going to talk racing, and well... There's not a lot of past racing to talk about because, Tom, we were all busy eating chocolate and celebrating because, well, it was Easter over the weekend, so there was no NASCAR. I didn't have a single bit of chocolate all weekend. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Don't. Well, I don't. <laughs> I, did have, I did have a track dog and fries at Hickory, though. Which there was racing. If, yes. Uh, if you were. There, there wasn't a lot of past racing to talk about, but there was a pass race that we <laughs> could talk about later. Yeah, we can talk about that later. Uh, the Easter Bunny 150, always fun, always very enjoyable, and uh, we will talk about that a little later in this program. But for starters, want to officially welcome Bailey to the PMN studio, because we, we tried to do this over the phone last week, and Gremlins intervened, so we figured we'd do this the right way. But uh, glad to have you in the building finally, man. Oh, yeah, it's good to be here. So we'll go ahead and talk about your news for a little bit in this opening segment, and then we can talk about what's coming for the rest of the free world, which also involves you at Texas this weekend. But for those who don't know you, talk a little bit about how you got started. You're from Texas. You've been running late models the last few years, and now here all of a sudden you've gotten a chance to crack the national scene a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a real wild ride here this past uh, few months uh, getting these rides put together, man. Uh, I just can't think everybody's helped me out enough over at Rick Ware, just all the sponsors, Chasco Constructors, Baja, Industrial, everybody that helps me out and puts these deals together for me uh, makes my dreams come true. Okay, so for those in our audience not familiar with Bailey Curry, talk about your background a little bit. How did right. you get started? Uh, I mean, I was just that kid on the hill watching his dad race in Texas for a long time, you know. What did your dad race? Uh, he, raced, uh, he raced street stocks and got into some limited late model stuff, I guess, there at the end of his racing career. Uh, I mean, I'd, doing that and then a good buddy of mine at school, his dad raced also, and he got into the go-kart stuff. And that kind of got me into that. And, you know, once my career started going or career, whatever you wanted to call it, my go-kart racing career started going, uh, my dad's kind of stopped and it more started racing with me more and more and more. Started traveling a little bit more. And uh, we actually went up to Fort Worth for a uh, go-kart national event up there. And uh, they had the ride-along cars, the Bandoleros and stuff at Texas Motor Speedway. And uh, I think we had an off day. And we drove by and we saw that going on, so we we're like, "Well, let's let's go see what this is about." 
went and did that, and I think within the month we had the Bandolero. So we started racing around Texas with that, and then eventually started doing the national stuff, racing for national championships. You know, had a lot of good racing back in the days with, like, the Bassett brothers and all them. And uh, from there, we went on to Legends Cars, raced all over with those. And then after that, we kind of came back home and started racing a little bit more stuff around Texas, raced the Modifieds a lot. And that taught me a lot just with a smaller tire and more power, light car. Taught me I a lot love of those cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're a lot of fun. They're, I'd almost say they're more fun than the late model just because they're a little bit harder to drive. Sure. Because they're so much lighter with a smaller tire. Yeah. And uh, did that for a long time. Started building some relationships with sponsors. And with that, we started being able to go race late model stuff. And we raced around Texas for a little bit with those. And then started traveling around, you know, like the Florida, Alabama, that area. We uh, raced a lot down at Five Flags, Mobile, uh, Montgomery. We actually we won the championship down at South Alabama Speedway. The Fun. Biker series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, just kept doing that. Raced around Texas, and eventually, unfortunately, the uh, the Texas racing scene just about went away. We had a few races a year down at Houston Motorsports Park, but uh, that's pretty much all we were doing. And then, you know, we got the call for someone, uh, a good friend of mine, Michael Harper, helped me out, put me in contact with Rick Ware. Started working over there, started getting a little few rides put together with that. We got the first truck race put together, and then an uh, old friend of mine, Chris Busher, started helping me out kind of a, as a development deal, and we've been putting them together as we can get them so that pretty much brings us to now and of course uh having the chance to step up into the xfinity series at your home track that has got to be something really really special oh yeah i I, honestly i can't wait to get there you know uh i raced on that quarter mile track on the front straightaway so many times just wanted to race in the big one and finally being able to do that just crazy to me so, Bailey, since you're from the area, um, one of the things that I saw this past week on social media was a uh, it was a really stunning tribute to uh, Texas World Speedway. It was a documentary done. They took clips from the last NASCAR race that they ran there. But was that a track at all that you were able to go to and take in? Uh, no, not really. I was really too young. I know my dad said he went there for a, a NASCAR race back in the day. He said he got Richard Petty's autograph. But uh, that's about all I really know about Texas World. I know they had some road race stuff there. Went back, you know, when sure I was did. racing Bandoleros and Legends cars, but I never really got over there. Cisco, you want to talk about a track that uh, I'm a little jealous of and got to experience from the simulation world. There was an old build of Texas World Speedway back in one of the predecessors to iRacing that I thought to myself, why did we really? have to kill this track? Yes, no, I loved it. That Absolutely loved it. Awesome. That track was It was also... Adding to the theme that came up, I think it was about a month ago, of Need for Speed Pro Street having really good tracks because it had Portland. It also had Texas World on that game Ooh. as well. So that's yes, where please. I got my first uh, taste of Texas World way back in the Interesting. day. In the category of tracks that live on only in our computers. But alas, we digress. So I know we were mentioning a little bit about the fact that you get to race the Xfinity car at home this weekend, Bailey, and get to run on the mile-and-a-half track at Texas. Talk a little bit about how the opportunity with B.J. McLeod came together and working with this team a little bit, because I know uh, much like the Cop Motorsports truck team you drove for, it's a team with, that does a lot with just a little bit of budget. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it really came together all at once. Uh, just working over at Rick's, B.J. drove Rick's cup car a few times last year, so they had a pretty good relationship, and, you know, we told Rick that we were, we're looking to see, man, if we can't get a truck ride put together, you know, we'll see what we can do with Xfinity. And, uh, 
you know, we just kept doing that. He put the, put us together. Been working with him. Went over to his shop last week. Got fitted in the car. Great group of guys over there. Really helped me out. And uh, actually going back tomorrow to make sure everything's perfect before we go off to Texas. Has that sunk in yet? The fact that by the time we get to Friday, you're going to have track time in an Xfinity car. Have you let yourself think about that yet? Uh, I mean, kind of. You know, I, I I do as much as I can to prepare myself. I've been watching a bunch of races, like, on YouTube and things like that, just trying to, you know, watch their line, you know, because they had that repave last year. So mm-hmm. a lot of stuff has changed. Been doing a lot of that. Been doing a lot of iRacing, uh, just making laps, trying to get as comfortable as I can. And – for a kid who once raced on the front stretch at Texas, back the old Battle of the Big Top days in the Legends car, what's it like now? Because now you're driving past the quarter mile instead of on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to make laps on that track. You know, uh, it means a lot to me just mm-hmm. racing. You know, I used to get out, you know, win a race, stand on that front straightaway, and, and talk to the people that were in the stands, just hoping that you know I could maybe one day drive past turn one and drive into the real turn one. Yeah. Being able to do it for real, I, I can't wait. Pro tip, do not turn on to the quarter mile yeah. Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Tom, he is right, though, when he mentions the repave, the reconfiguration. This is a whole different Texas now than what it used to be a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. and that is going to make both the Xfinity race this weekend and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race very eventful, I believe, by the time everything's said and done. This is not going to be a run-of-the-mill mile-and-a-half race, I don't think. Well, I hope it's eventful in a good way. Yeah. You know, you, you the, just, first, the first race after the repave, it was eventful because we kept wrecking stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen this time. That's what I was going to say. Hopefully it's a little little more subtle. But, yeah. you know, you really it, – it's tough because – it takes payment a little while. I mean, I, yeah. I know that Eddie Gossage and his staff have been really working the track like crazy, you know, trying to to run it in with tires and such. And I mean, I just hope it's eventful in a good way. I hope it's, I hope there's a, a good side by side battle in both divisions. And yes. I know that's what they're trying to do. I think the changes they made are are the right changes. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those situations where. You literally just have to let the track wear back in a little right. bit. You know, hopefully we'll we'll be at a point this weekend where at least it's a little better than last year was. But I love what they're doing there. And, you know, I think it's uh, – I mean, just to, to, to think about being able to do something like that, you know, your family can go, your friends can go. I mean, like you said, this is your dream really. Um, and to be able to achieve that, the big thing is just – you know, when you get out there, just to remember that, you know, you still got to focus and do your job and not sort of be awestruck by the moment. And sometimes that can be hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just like that first race at Martinsville. It took me like a, f- a few laps. I was like, this is crazy, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really out here right now. And then uh, <laughs> trying to pinch yourself. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, after that, once I mean, once you realize, you know, it's, it's just another race car, just another racetrack. And just, just you go were out pretty fast. Yeah, we were all right. times, you know. It's uh, it's definitely that's a tough that's a tough place to start, Jacob. It Martinsville is. and certainly uh, Texas a little more space, but uh, it's also a little faster too. Faster, and I think both equally as unforgiving. Uh, mm. Before we go to our first break, I'm going to wake up Doctor Dirt over there because Stevo, uh, there is something else that's happening this weekend out back in addition to NASCAR that may involve 
at least one kid that's running in the Xfinity race and another, well, not a kid, but he acts like one who owns a sprint car series and used to did run that NASCAR thing. Uh, you wouldn't be referring to old Smoke Johnson, would you? No, not at all. Absolutely. It's not like the race has his name in it. Oh, wait, it kind of does. Tony Stewart presents the Texas Sprint Car Nationals. Yeah, and, and that is that is a great event. Uh, and, and last year, it, actually one of the races that I was able to kind of uh, fill that need of uh, racing and dirt track stuff in the offseason, mm-hmm. uh, that's usually a televised race, too, that's, that's yes. aired at a later date. So, um, you know, that, that gives you kind of an indication of how big that event really is. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in depth a little later in the show. Right now, Bill's going to hit a button and shut us up, and you're going to get some business. We'll be back with more Motorsports Madness in just a moment here on the Performance Motorsports Network. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. We're already having fun, and we're barely a segment into this deal. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker and our special guest for the program, 
Bailey Curry out of Texas, who's going to make his NASCAR Xfinity Series debut this weekend, driving for B.J. McLeod at Texas Motor Speedway, his home track. Also joining us on the show, Steve Ovens and Cisco Scaramuza, who are with us as they are every Monday evening. And let's talk a little NASCAR resetting out of the Easter break Tom, we're six races in on the cup side. Stuart Haas Racing has won four of them, probably should have won five of them, and we'll never know what would have happened at Fontana if Kevin Harvick hadn't come across Kyle Larson's nose, whether he might not could have won that one too. But basically what that all boils down to is the fact that SHR is really, 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 really hot right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. and But you know what? This certainly reminds me a lot of last year at this point i mean the fords in general came out strong last year yeah they did the toyotas of course were the ones at that point in time with the new bodies took them some time to kind of get everything squared away there yeah and then they came on maybe you know early summer whatever and started to um this year it's the fords again along with the toyotas and Kyle Larson Chevy. Now I say that because with all due respect to Austin Dillon and RCR, Daytona's Daytona and Austin yep. let half a lap. Um, so aside from Daytona, the Chevy that has been the strongest has been Kyle Larson. Uh-huh. But, you know, I, so this looks to me like, a lot like last year. So I don't make a whole lot of this except for the fact that Stuart Haas, all four of those cars yeah. are on fire right now. Really good. Which we haven't seen that in the past. No, this is the first time they've ever had four cars be that good. Right, and I'm not even saying, because the obvious here is, you know, we've had a change of the 10 car. I'm not... This is not an anti-Danica thing. It's it because the 14 car has struggled. Yeah, Clint was on off, and off last year, well, too. Well, Clint was off last year, and Tony knows he was. I mean, Tony right. wasn't Tony for the last year or two E-Race. He just got lucky so in Sonoma. So we finally got four of those guys. Yeah. Well, he got lucky and then <laughs> d- put Denny in the wall, um, which, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, was what it was. It was great. Uh, it was what it was. <laughs> sorry, Denny, no offense. Um but it, it was just, you know, it was. It, this has been a great start for that whole team, and it makes you wonder if they can keep this going because uh-huh. if they can, you've got four Stuart Haas cars, you've got two pe- three Penske cars that are very strong right now. So seven cars out of the Ford stable that could easily win on any given day. Um, you know that eventually... At least Ricky Stenhouse is going to run for a win somewhere. Um, uh-huh. You know, so the, the the Fords as a whole are really starting strong. But it's 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 Cisco. It's the two teams when you look at them in total that really are in, in my mind that are really the the surprises right now. I think eventually we'll see Palmenard and the Wood Brothers get their act together. But for the most part, it's seven cars out of the Ford stable and about three Toyotas that have really been the story this year. 18, 11, and 78. Yeah. Yeah. And Jacob, who won the last race at Texas? At Tejas? Yeah. Oh. 
You talking I'll about? Give you, I'll give you five seconds. You, five you talking about last or, fall? Or, or Steve's just gonna no, ruin oh, it and la, put la, the answer in chat. La, <laughs> are you talking the last race at Texas or the last spring race at Texas? Just the, to clarify. The last race. Flat. Okay, Kevin Harvick. Yeah, it was Harvick. Yeah, yeah, it was Harvick. Yeah. So I mean, I there's, that there's, a, there's another. You know, if Harvick wins at Auto Club, all of a sudden we're talking about Harvick five in a row or something like that. Who knows? Well, he didn't win Martinsville. But, right. You know. Yeah. So that yes, was a... but I mean, you know, this is another track where he's been fairly good at it. Yeah. So I mean, well, I, yeah, but I'm going to tell you, out of that, out of that stable, the car I'd be watching this weekend is that 14 car. Clint's going to be wound up like a Martinsville clock. Oh, you yeah. think he's just going to go out and win like? Oh, I didn't say he was going to win. I'm just saying that, you know, this is a much different Clint yes. Boyer, Jacob, that we're going to see this yes, weekend. Yes, it is. that monkey went flying right out of the state of Virginia after that <laughs> uh, that deal. And, and Clint's going to be about 100 pounds lighter. Yeah, at least. Now, I want to uh, respond to a listener comment that we just got a minute ago who argued that Chase Elliott is the best Chevrolet right now. And my response to that is the proof is in the numbers. Chase Elliott is 18th in points. Kyle Larson is 9th. Kyle Larson also has two finishes in the top five this season. Chase Elliott has, well, half that. Chase also hasn't won a race yet. Yeah, I mean, Kyle hasn't won a race yet this year, but he's at least, well, Steve, you're, won a race. Steve, you're just dying to jump in here. I, I Seriously? <laughs> the Nile car is the best Chevy in the field right now? Not. Oh, come That's on. my best impression of I a mean, buzzer. I mean, obviously, I would point at Kyle Larson. I mean, hell, I'd point at Austin Dillon. He won the Daytona freaking 500. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, Almarola, but sure, okay. The, the nine car is the best Chevy? Come on. Well, it's the best of the Hendrick Chevys, perhaps, but... Perhaps. That's you know that's not that's saying not a whole saying lot. A that whole, lot that right whole Hendrick organization is still trying to figure itself out because yes, Jimmy are. Johnson's won nine of those Martinsville um, clocks. Granddaddy watches, yeah, as Noah likes to say, and uh, he struggled just to run in the top ten. Last he weekend. couldn't get out of his own way last you know. week. Just saying. And by the way, while we're talking about all the Fords and men- mentioning how bad the Chevrolets are, Steve. Can we also remind ourselves who has the best average finish in the field? Um, yeah, the guy who won the championship last year. That would be Martin Truex in a in a Yoda. Yeah. 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 No, that's that that's that's exactly it. I mean, you know, Martin is still proving at this point that that is going to be a team you're you're just going to have to go through them along with the four, along with the eighteen. Um, there's you know, when you're talking about guys that are going to be contenders for this championship, ain't been a whole lot of bow ties we've been talking about. No, there. and I'll give you another stat to go with that. Kyle Busch has been second three out of the first six races. Uh-huh. In the He's history, also leading the points. Yes. In the history of NASCAR, only nine drivers, counting Kyle, only nine drivers have finished second in three out of the first six races. Have any of them gone four for seven? Uh, it didn't say. I don't know. That, All right. But, I, I want to know whose help you had looking that stat up because it wasn't me. Well, I no, it definitely was not you. And I looked it up earlier today. Uh, you know, it pays to it pays to do your homework. But the, the thing is, Kyle was <laughs> Kyle is so upset about being second every week. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, gosh, Cisco, with all of the air gun issues and everything else that all these teams have had 
three out of the first six races to be second, I'd be pretty darn happy with that leading the points going into Texas. Except Kyle's a driver who wants to win. Well, yeah, but yes, yes, but Jacob, if you will, hop in, hop in the old uh, time machine with me and go back to what was it, 2011 Nationwide Series, mm-hmm. and it was this all over again. Mm-hmm. It was. And I mean, you know, and how many second places was that? Like four or five in a row or something like that? Ridiculous number. I want to say it was five. I think. But I'll check on that during the break. But he he is like he is so good. But I, I agree with you, Tom. You know, with everything going on to have that level of consistency, he should be absolutely elated with his team. And yet, yeah. I mean... You know, I, I understand Kyle wants to win, and I understand race car drivers want to win. But come on, dude, you're leading the points right now. Yeah, yeah. he's in a very good – actually, uh, to me, I mean, we talk about Truex being the most consistent. But to me, out of the whole Toyota camp, Kyle Busch is the one I'd be the most afraid of right now. I would be afraid of Kyle because he gets streaky. When yes. he starts winning races, he doesn't stop and winning And when he races. gets mad. <laughs> well, that too. He's going to go into Texas with a little chip on the shoulder. Of course he is. Bailey, you're nodding, and obviously you've watched plenty of these races at Texas in the past, both before the repave and now I'm, we've seen a couple since the repave. I mean, what are you anticipating going into this weekend? Uh, I mean, just going back on Kyle Busch, I mean, he's he's been up there, you know. I really feel like he's, he's going to get that win soon. I mean, he's got three second places already. I mean, he's been knocking on that door for so long. In my opinion, he had probably – it was, I mean, he had pretty much the best car at Phoenix. He just cars didn't fall right for him, and you know he's he just had a good car everywhere. I really feel like he has a really good shot at winning going into this deal, just because I mean, like you said, Kyle's a driver. He wants to win, uh-huh. and uh, he's been knocking on that door so long. I feel like he's going to break out soon. And just to add to that, before we go to break, Kyle Busch also a two-time winner in the Cup Series yep. in Texas. Most recently, the spring race two years ago, yeah, sixteen. And usually when he's good, he's very good because out of those 24 starts, half of them in the top 10 and 11 of those 12 top 10 finishes, top five. Kyle's really good at Texas. We're going to talk more about the Lone Star State on the other side of this business for America. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, and we're back after this here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. 
featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Cody Coughlin, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. We we, we turned Cody Coughlin into a Renaissance kid. Yeah, something like that. I feel like (laughs) we... Going to the Renaissance Fair. And getting ready to joust, which is exactly what's about to happen during this segment. Maybe the first time we've ever used that word on this show. Perhaps. Today's today's word of the day, joust, Joust, which is what's going to happen in just a moment, and I'm going to have to referee. Welcome back to The Madness. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Steve Ovens, and special guest for this part of the show, Bailey Curry. And I'm going to put my black and white striped shirt on and Uh ring a... Wrestling bell over there in the corner. And Cisco and Steve want to joust regarding the 48. Yeah. It's not so much a joust as I want to go a little bit more in depth than what we've been doing lately. Because Steve has basically taken to the sledgehammer approach of everything's terrible. I'm... I'm Gordon Ramsay. I'm going to shut this down and fire everybody. So (laughs) I want to dive a little bit deeper into this because we come to Texas. This is a track that Jimmy normally does really well at. He has the most career cup wins here with what? Five, Cisco? And he actually got a win there last year. Yes, he did. To be fair, he normally does really well at Martinsville too. Exactly. And this is kind of where I'm seeing this, Tom, because I'm not saying – I got off the Steve frame of mind. I'm still absolutely in panic mode. But we had a chance to watch what happens at Martinsville. And, Steve, I want to get your take on this. 
I'm not sure if it's a performance so much as a almost a mental sort of problem that I'm seeing with this team. I just don't see them in the same sort of go-get-it attitude that I expect from that team. Well, let me first address the fact that you compared me to Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> because I like to see myself more as a John Taffer bar rescue kind of guy. I mean, him and I wow. are both similar in stature. Uh, I'll right, just fair, leave it fair. At, I'll, I'll give you that leave one. leave it at that. All right, number two, yeah, I mean, I I don't understand, I don't understand how, why everybody was so, like, I think what Hendrick Motorsports is struggling with right now is everybody had such high expectations for what this team was going to do. These rookies are going to come in, and they're going to win races, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and it just hasn't happened. I think, yes, that mentally they're just in a rut right now. And, you know, regardless of of what they may be saying in their media availabilities and their press releases, I still think they've got a lot to learn about this car. I know that in the public, you know, in the media, they have said, look, the car's fine. We got the car figured out. I don't buy that. I think... If you go behind the scenes, you go under, you know, you go into the shop and, and see or hear the conversation. I think they're still trying to figure this car out. And and above that, too, guys, they're just they just don't have speed. They you know, I don't know if there's something in the engine department that they're also missing on on top of struggling with this new car. You know, all of that put together, Cisco. They just don't have it right now. And when they go to Martinsville and they perform the way they did, I mean, we expected this is where Jimmy J can write the ship and it didn't happen. And so now we go to Texas and again, we're going to be looking for the same thing. Can this be the place where Hendrick Motorsports finally writes the ship? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I'm okay with being the guy who is the John Taffer, the Gordon Ramsay of Hendrick Motorsports, because I'm a numbers guy. Until you put the numbers up on the board, I'm not ready to take my hand off the panic button. And yes, we're still interviewing for guys to push brooms over at Hendrick Motorsports. We got to do something here. By the way, I I just want to add, before Cisco gets into the second half of his rant, that I lied twice over before I passed them the torch. Jimmy Johnson has seven wins at Texas Motor Speedway in the cup car. I'm just disappointed that we've gotten to the point where Steve is now blaming all this on the janitors. Ouch. I mean, that's <laughs> like the poor maintenance well, crews. Who wants to fire the maintenance crew? We, we got to do something. <laughs> we got to do something, Tom. Yeah. Because when I brought up the fact that maybe it's time for the dynasty to get, you know, a little bit of a shakeup, people, people went crazy. My Twitter blew up a couple weeks ago. How on earth, Steve, could you even think about saying that Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson weren't, you know, the the, the dynasty's over? Well, guys, something's got to change. Yeah. Well, but, Either the car's got to get better or something else in the formula has to change. See, I don't – if if it were only the 48 car, then I think you might possibly have – because sometimes it is good to sh- shake it up just – 
for the sake of yes. sparking a, a, a fresh new approach. Ask, but ask Jeff Gordon about that when they split him and Ray Everham exactly. up. He'll tell you. Uh, sure, but this is not or, just or about Jeff the forty-eight. When, right. This isn't the this isn't the forty-eight. This is the entire organization. Now we have seen, we saw flashes, for example, from Alex Bowman at Phoenix and Martinsville and Martinsville. We we've seen Chase Elliott run up in the top 10, but we've not seen any of them really running for the lead Correct. on speed. Correct. And that Cisco is what's bothering me. I don't think this is a Camaro body problem. It may be part of it, but there is just something off. As Steve said, maybe it's the motors. Maybe it's a process in the shop and the preparation of the car. We don't know. We know that there's been a there's been a lot of turnover over there in the last year. Mm-hmm. So Cisco, this is this is a different sort of an issue right now with Hendrick yes. Motorsports. It is not just one car, and it feels it feels almost like the team or the organization as a whole is almost tanking, like what you would see in the NFL or the MLB. That's almost what it feels like for me. Well, is except they're not because there's no incentive there to do that. Yeah, obviously. there's no incentive but, to it. But this feels very yeah. similar to that. Well, they made a lot of changes. Of that I speed. mean, obviously, you... there's even changes in management over the right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, it, 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 something is just not clicking right now, and and I I'm not I'm panicking, but I'm not I'm not in the fire anybody camp yet. I, th- yeah. I just think, you know, they need to be able to work their way through this. I think by the second half of the season, you'll see them start coming on. But yes. I'm not expecting Jimmy Johnson to go to Texas and contend for the win. I'm sorry. Until you show me that he does, I'm not buying it right now. He That, that team's off, and I don't expect maybe the nine car, but I don't expect any of them to be running for the win at Texas. I'll just be clear on this. Rick Hendrick is a master businessman, and yes. every time that organization, this is not the first time Hendrick Motorsports has gone through a slump before. No, they but it will... is the first time it seems to be all four cars, though. You never see all four of them go down at once. Maybe two of them go down yeah. at once, but not all four. It's this in, is different. But I, I do believe that Rick will figure out a way to pull the ship back together. It just may take a little bit of work. Sure. Again, this yep. is not the first well, super team that has had issues before. Steve, Rick Rick is the, the guys he's got over there. I mean, Chad Canales isn't going to quit until you literally drag him out of the shop. So, you know, those guys are not going down without a fight. They'll be back. It's just right now they're just in a slump. They're just in a situation where they can't figure out where, you know, where the, the true north of the compass is. Yeah. Well, I was just going to add, you guys say, you know, this is one of the first times that we've seen all four cars kind of being in a slump at the same time. Yeah. But guys, let's also think about this. I don't know if Hendrick Motorsports has ever injected their team with this many uh, new young pieces. drivers and new pieces all at one time. Right. Fair. So, Fair I mean, point. there's that, too. That's why I'm I, saying I'm, it may take them I'm, half the season. I'm not trying to too. bag on the rookie guys, but... You know, there, there, that has to play a little bit into this as well. Well, maybe. You know, they're trying to get their bearing for some of these guys. Uh, you know, they're kind of their first go around. So, yeah. I'm going to hold some other thoughts here that I want to get into and go ahead and let Bill take us out a little bit early. And when we return, we'll continue on a little bit more NASCAR conversation. Also split some of our next segment up with some IndyCar talk as well because they go into the Valley of the Sun. Yes. 
and I love it. Me too. So we'll talk Phoenix in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in, you need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm NASCAR driver William Byron. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Well, it's a good thing that that's a taped version of William Byron because I don't think the real one would be very happy after we just kind of ripped Hendrick Motorsports to shreds in well, our last I segment. I, see, you know, you just—it's just honest discussion about where yeah. we think they are. And yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anybody at Hendrick Motorsports that would disagree with the fact that they're struggling no. right now. I mean, no. that's. You know, I don't think anybody really would disagree. I think they all know it. It's just a matter, like we said, of finding that course and getting them going sure. again, which, as we've seen, all good teams that go through slumps eventually get back to where they were for the most part. Heck, Stuart Haas was going through what you would call, other than Kevin Harvick, what you would call a slump, I would say, at different points during the last couple of years, and look where they are now. Well, you know, and, and many teams have gone through that. Um, yeah. You just got to work your way out of it, I think. Again, like I said, there were a lot of changes, you know, yeah, drivers exactly. and management and, and crew chiefs, all that. Um, and it takes a while sometimes to kind of get everybody on the same yeah. page again. Um, 
you know, I don't really want to put too much of the blame on William and Alex because no, Alex, they're new. First of all, Alex is not a rookie and and, and is well experienced and did in certainly did fine when he was filling yeah. in for junior but in the to 88. be fair this is still his first time with a premier team full well time. full time and i think the body i'm sure that that has at least somewhat um slowed them down but yeah. I, I i don't think the body is the key issue i think it's no. other things once they get everybody on the same page you will see hendrick motorsports start clicking and it will yeah. be all four cars and I again, yeah. I think second half of the year. I think so too. Much like we saw the Toyota cars last year. Yeah. Anyway, all that said, if you're just joining us, welcome to Motorsports Madness. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker, Steve Ovens, Cisco Scaramuza, and we've got Texas driver Bailey Curry sitting in with us here for the first portion of this show in studio with us tonight, and. Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, behind the glass, punching buttons, wearing a hat that I will not mention because I'm not fans of that there Carolina blue thing. But oh, I thought it was a Michigan hat Tar Heel or something fans, like send that your to email rub it in. to Jacob at. Hey, I'm fine with that hate mail. I can just delete it and move on <laughs> and not even feel bad about my life. Anyway, <laughs> let's shift gears. Let's shift gears for a minute, shall we? We've can talked we? a bunch of NASCAR in the first uh, 45 minutes or so of this show. Talk some open wheel for a minute because this weekend we get a Saturday night special. I love this Phoenix card, honestly. IndyCar, and earlier in the day, a USAC Silver Crown race. Tom, it feels like the 70s again, and I love it. Yeah, it really does. I mean, these these cars, this is going to be a real interesting race because all of the drivers are raving about the new spec bodywork package on the IndyCars. Yeah. I just think the aero kits they've got now, they're all saying... We are now drivers again. Yes. So I want to see how this works out on the oval track because... If the test is any indication, it's going to be good. Right. And this is a busy month for IndyCar. Yeah, it is. I mean, you go from Phoenix to... to Long Beach. To Long Beach. Then I think to... Is it Barber? Yeah. They, there's a week off in between Long Beach and Barber. Yeah. But, yes. but there's three races Three races month. this month. Yeah. And then, of course, it's time to start thinking about Indy. So... Yep. This That's is a, the start of a busy stretch for this series. And, boy, I'm telling you, I think this race Saturday could be a classic. If if these arrow kits do what I hope they will do and what the drivers seem to think they'll do, there could be a dozen or more drivers with enough speed and, and the opportunity. This could look a lot like a mini Indy 500 with a lot of passing yeah. because that's one of the things that the drivers were saying is, yeah. you know, you don't, when you're behind a guy and you're trying to make a run, you're not in, it's not the whole dirty air thing doesn't, right. you can make a run on a guy. And, and Because the downforce is being produced from the underside right, of the car and not, not over the top of exactly. it. Exactly. So this is going to be a really, really interesting race Saturday night. Yes. I think it's wide open. Also, NBC, 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 yes. Cisco. We are excited about that. Yeah, yeah, you can hype up. We don't have, we uh, we have some good coverage, not always bad coverage, uh, bringing us the race here. So I just good wish to see. we could... Uh... We could toss ABC off the cliff this year and not have to wait till next year for NBC to do the rest of the season. Well, I mean, we still get one one more year of Alan Bestwick, which makes me happy. Well, but, I yeah. don't get, that wasn't meant 
toward Alan. Yeah, no, just no, coverage no. In general. I, I yeah. really hope that NBC either picks up Alan or Alan's able to go somewhere and, you know, be able to keep doing what he's doing because he's still, in my opinion, one of the best commentators agree. Yes. out there at the Absolutely. moment. And it's not just racing. If you ever listen to him call college football, it's Love it. great. He yes. is awesome at yes. that. He's just he, – he knows his place in the yes. broadcast. He – the, the job of a good play-by-play guy on TV is just to move the broadcast forward. Yeah. You know, and, and basically let the analysts have all of the, the moments. Um, and Alan does that very, very well. Mm-hmm. He never, you, you never, I can't remember the Even last Bestwick yeah. quote that stood out to me because he's just very smooth about what he mm-hmm. does. You know, and, exactly. and he's always been that way, no matter what he's doing. So, yeah, he's he's very versatile. He reminds yes. me of, in a different way, Dr. Jerry Punch could always yeah. go from racing to football. Eli Gold was the same. Yeah. You know, you've got to be talented to, to be a two-sport announcer. I know mm-hmm. because I've tried it, and I know how hard it is to adjust the brain, mm-hmm. you know, and stop trying to call a football game with the same energy you'd call a right. race. It doesn't work that way. Right. I, I want to shift to the driving side for a couple of minutes now, Cisco, because there's one driver making his IndyCar debut this weekend that I'm very much keeping an eye on, not just because of his last name, but because I think he's going to be very, very good if his test session was any indication. But keep an eye on the second Dale Coyne car this Saturday at Phoenix. Pietro Fittipaldi, I think has a shot to be a real dark horse in this race, especially given the fact that his teammate won the opener. And also when you consider that for him, yes, it's going to be his first race in the car, but for a vast majority of the drivers in the field are going to be coming into this race, at least in terms of a race type situation, this is going to be a brand new deal yeah. because yeah. we got a brand new car. We've got brand new racing dynamics. I mean, we're not we're I wish we had a Pocono race. I wish we moved Pocono to before Indy so we'd have an idea. Right. But I mean this is gonna be the best shot we're gonna get until IMS in May. So Yeah. Uh, unless you're gonna put a dome <laughs> over Pocono, moving it to before Indy would not be a yeah, good exactly. idea. That yeah, exactly. That's in Pennsylvania. Wise. It's still snowing up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, one can only hope that maybe maybe with this car, if the racing proves to be, you know, exciting, but also safe, maybe we see, you know, if they can figure out what's going on in Fontana, who knows? Exactly. Exactly. Now, I want to add one more point to the Phoenix discussion, Tom. And when I look down everything that I'm thinking about for this weekend, there's one other team that I know is really hoping for some good things and good grief after their namesake survived another killer B attack. I would <laughs> hope so. But I think the two AJ Foyt cars this weekend are going to be interesting to watch yeah. as well. Yeah. Particularly Tony Kanan. specifically. Yeah. yeah. Tony has been raving about this new arrow package since uh, he first got to drive it yep. over the winter. So yeah, I think that those guys could be strong and, and I want to just add, I'm not sure I want to make Pietro, a contender to win, but I, I no, I didn't say contender I to win. I certainly think that he. I he think can he has a real a lot of yes. people with the way that he that he runs. I mean, let's face it, he's got the pedigree. Yes, I mean, he does. He does. You know, you can't be a Fittipaldi and not 
be destined for good things. Right. I mean, Cisco, Jacob, and I have watched him since he was over here racing late models and, you know, whatever else. And now, yep. you know, he got into the open wheel stuff. He's always, he's got that Fittipaldi control. He's yes. got the Fittipaldi temperament. He's going to be just fine, Cisco. He sounds like uh, like a certain, was it a grandson of possibly the king in NASCAR? I'm kind of hearing same lines here getting connected there. Uh, you mean, are you talking about Adam Petty? Uh, no, no, uh, Pope, uh, who's driving in late models right now that I'm completely blanking on right Thad. now. Oh, Thad Moffat. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I was going to yeah. say, well, yeah, of course, uh, you know, Thad still, he's in the Arca series now and Thad much, um, much less experience than what Pietro's actually had. I mean, Pietro's been running over in the Formula Series for a while. But I'm hearing the same sort of words that you're yes. using. For yeah, both. I in would terms agree with of, that. Yeah, I would, I would agree. In terms of the family pedigree and the temperament and all that, yeah, yes. I would definitely agree. Yeah. yeah. I want to add something, by the way, just as an aside, because Sunday was April 1st. Harding Racing won the internet for the day because, well... They dropped a PR in all of our inboxes at 9 a.m. Sunday morning that uh, little Al was going oh. to come back in a second car for the Indianapolis <laughs> I, 500. I, I saw that. The first thing I asked <laughs> is, how are they going to widen the cockpit? <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> Al Jr.'s not. Yes, he is. If you see them lately. <laughs> no, it, I think Tony Stewart would fit much better into an Indy car these days than Al Jr. Now, I know Tony's wow. lost some weight, but no, Al Jr. Ouch. is definitely a little bit too... Uh, a little bit too much of Al Jr. these days to squeeze back into an Indy car. Ouch! So I knew that was but, uh, false, but that 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 was interesting, Cisco. And it was really—I didn't see there weren't very many racing April Fools. No, jokes. I was bummed. I wanted there to be Did a few. Did you see? Good ones. Apparently, Danica's going to be running a super a super dirt late model now. Apparently, that's that's going to oh, be I a thing. That, that was one. the one. Oh, I saw. was that a thing too? Okay, I missed <laughs> yeah, that. One. That was a thing. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. But, uh, Small note, I did want to make a small note that got announced uh, last week is yes. that Chris Wyndham from the USAC series is going to be making his uh, first start in the Freedom 100. Absolutely. Out in May. Absolutely. And that's collaborative effort between Bellardi Auto Racing, uh, his sprint car team, Baldwin Brothers, and of course the legendary Jonathan Bird's racing team that has uh, run so many races at the Indy 500 over the years. I'm smelling a 2019 Indy 500 run for Which Wyndham. we talked about that. Just like, I think it was saying. three weeks yeah. ago we I, talked about something that. Like that. Yes. I would have thought yes. that maybe Chase Briscoe, but I guess, you know, with his yeah, work with Ford with, now, he's just with, headed toward a stock With his car work with Ford and the whole, hey, I've got five races with Stuart yeah. Haas thing going on in the Xfinity series. Yeah, Chase ain't got time for that but right now. But what an opportunity for Wyndham. Yes, I love that. Yeah. That's going to be a great addition to the Indy Lights yep. field in May at Indianapolis. And to transition back to the stock car side for a couple minutes, just before we get Bailey out of here, because I know you have some school things to attend oh, yeah. to with UNC Charlotte tomorrow. Uh, we Homework. want to give... Yeah. Well, actually, he's got a test in the morning. Oh, studying yeah. for a test. Yep. Yeah, but before we let you get back to UNCC and the 49ers, nice hat, by the way, <laughs> give a shout-out to some of the uh, supporters and sponsors that are making it possible for you to run with BJ at Texas this weekend because I know uh, you've had some great local support that's helping make this possible. Oh, yeah, man, just uh, Chasco Constructors and Baja Industrial. Uh, you know, Chasco's been helping me out since the late mall days, and uh, Baja, they just came on. I got a Facebook message, actually, right before my first truck race. 
you know, he got to talking, and now he's been helping me out a little bit in the truck races and decided to help me out for Xfinity. So just can't thank those guys enough for uh, helping me out and getting me through out there. Now I want to ask you really quickly, have you set a goal for yourself as far as where you'd like to be at the end of 300 miles on Saturday? Is there any specific I mean, bar? I don't know. I, I don't want to – I don't like in setting goals piece? like that. Yeah, yeah that, that's, <laughs> that's goal number one, make it to the end. And then uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to be better than 25th, if I'm being 100% honest. Okay. I, feel like I feel like I could do that. And so, That's fair. Yeah. And we've seen BJ's cars run top 25 on a pretty re- you know semi-regular basis the last few months. So yeah. I'd say that's reasonable. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have had you sit in and glad we could make this possible tonight. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you to tape a, a re-entry for us before you get out of here. But right. had fun having you on the live show with us and uh, definitely look forward to the next time. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. That's Bailey Curry, and we're going to transition to the opposite side of the spectrum and go dirt racing, and Dr. Dirt will wake up, and Steve will get his coffee, and we'll rock and roll with that on the other side of this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, the second half in a few minutes here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. 
Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on PMN Radio. Part two. Part two, yeah, second hour. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, Steve Ovens, and Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, pushing all the right buttons behind the glass. I'm going to take umbrage with what Jacob said before the break about Steve. He doesn't need any coffee. Steve is wearing a Bentley saloon shirt. Steve needs a beer. That's what he needs. If, and anybody who doesn't know that reference, look up Bentley Warren on Google. Just Google <laughs> Bentley Warren, or better yet, just go get his book, Wicked Fast, and you'll understand. Yeah. Yeah, Bentley is, Bentley is a legend, and um, there aren't many uh, racers at this point. I've been doing this long enough. There aren't many that I consider to be heroes. Bentley's one of them. I- I'm going to be clear here, by the way. Steve's good, but Steve, I'm not sure you could put down as many beers as Bentley. No. No, no. <laughs> no. Not um, even not even with my weight working with me there. No. To, to, <laughs> to add a testimonial to that, yeah. I was once at a super modified race at Thompson, Connecticut, and we were outside. It was a particularly warm fall night. We were outside the hotel where was we were all World staying. World Series weekend? Yes, World Series weekend. We were outside the hotel we were all staying at at 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay, 4 o'clock in the morning um, on race day morning, and uh, Bentley at the time was driving for the Bowies at, oh at Bowie and the Flying Five, yeah. and he looks at Tom Bowie and he says, You're sober. Tom says, yeah. Bentley says, what a waste. You know, I mean, now I left out an expletive or two, but, you know, it's it's four in the morning and, you know, what a, what a waste. You know, it just uh, now it's it, it that's Bentley is uh, the last of a, of a breed of drivers yeah. that could party until six in the morning, get in the car at nine and break the track record at about 1030. That's basically how that works. Uh, yep. 75 or so years old now and uh, still riding around the country on his Harley having a great time. So, again, look up Bentley Warren on Google for one of the most interesting afternoons of your life. Or ever, or if you're ever up in New England, go to the saloon oh, and man, maybe yeah. on a good day Bentley you'll saloon. catch. Yep, it is, uh, it, it's a treasure trove of older race cars. I've and been there. Just, I, um, I know. Yeah, lots of cool stuff there, and they will welcome you with open arms and treat you like you were family. Because that's how Bentley wants it. Because that's how Bentley wants it, yep. That's right. Let's talk dirt, shall we? That is what we do now during the first portion of this second hour. And Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, well, we're lacking a little bit of dirt to talk about because there wasn't a whole lot of racing anywhere. We had no outlaws racing because, well... It was the Easter holiday, and we let everybody take a weekend off. But, Steve-O, I think it allows us a moment to sit back and reflect on where we're at. And where we're at, at least with the Outlaws, is mostly waterlogged. We hadn't been able to do a whole lot in the month of March. No, we really haven't, and that's kind of been a shame. Uh, You know, I, I think for some guys, they probably look at the Easter weekend as an opportunity to kind of take their breath a little bit and 
and you know take in a deep breath and kind of evaluate where they're at mm-hmm. at, at this yeah. early stage of the season but trust me they've had plenty of time to evaluate where they where they're at at this point in the season because you know we certainly had a lot of rainouts uh uh, on the early part of this West Coast swing, um, and, and you know, it's certainly, you know, the folks in California are, are not complaining about having a little bit of wet weather, you know, to kind of help out uh, some areas in drought. But mm-hmm. boy, it's uh, certainly not helped us racing folk. That's for sure. No, it has not at all. However, we're hoping to right that ship this weekend and have a little bit of action going on. Uh, At least the Outlaws this coming weekend will be at Arizona Speedway for what really is the final race of the first West Coast Swing of the season, Steve, and the only appearance by the Outlaws in the state of Arizona this season. More importantly, as we look down the list at the standings, boy, it's amazing that we've had... uh, Seven or eight races, and yet it's not already a Donnie Schatz blowout. In fact, there's five drivers within 72 points of the championship lead, even though Donnie's finished in the top five six times so far this year with three wins. Yeah, and and shall we talk about the driver that's closing in ever so closely to to the points lead? Um, a guy that, you know... I'm not sure that I would have put him at this many wins this early in the season. I wouldn't have. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that the young man wasn't going to have a good season, but my goodness, if the you know last year's Kevin Gobrick Rookie of the Year, Sheldon Hodenshield, if he hasn't you know gotten the attention of everybody in the World of Outlaws world. Uh, I don't know what more this guy could have done other than, you know, win every single race of the season so far. One of us on this show had Sheldon winning some races and running for the championship. I don't know who that was. Yes, yes, Tom, you certainly did. But here's my question. Yeah. Did you think that he'd have this many this quick? Well, I I believe there was a chance. I mean, again, I I guess it's because – I look first at the talent and the combination of things, and then I look. I mean, look, Donnie Schatz has been Mr. Unbeatable, but the truth is that you get a guy like Sheldon and you watch him run in equipment that, while I'm not insulting his, you know, his family team, it certainly didn't have the resources that the new team he's racing for has and yet he went out there and on more than one occasion he slugged it with Donnie shots last year um you know I I had no doubt and yeah it doesn't surprise me oh I don't know if I would have predicted it but of course if you look at stats like a lot of other people do you would have put Donnie shots you know at having most of the wins by now um you know, so I don't know that there have been any way to call, but got multiple wins, not surprised at all. Well, keep in mind, we're only eight races into an 85-race schedule. I think it's great that Sheldon has the wins that he does right now, but I'm going to remind you of another guy last year who did exactly what Sheldon's doing right now. 
David Gravel, yep. who won four or five of the first 10 or 12 races and then dropped off a cliff during the middle part of the summer and really dropped off a cliff after a heartbreaker at the Knoxville Nationals. It's about sustaining this kind of performance Agreed. throughout the entire season. And listen, when I said this at the beginning, you asked me at the beginning of the season whether I thought Sheldon Haudenshield would be a serious contender for the championship. I took into account what it takes over an entire season, and you said not no. just the beginning stretch. And I did say no, because I still believe that we're going to cross a point where that team will fall off and the 15 won't. See, I disagreed then. I disagree now, because I think that team's a better team than the team David Gravel runs for, and I think that team could well be the equivalent of Tony Stewart racing. We'll see. We will just see. There is some other news that I think deserves to be talked about is it breaking? during this particular segment. It's not breaking oh. news, which is why I didn't do the voice. It actually broke a little over a week ago. We just haven't had time to talk about it until now. But, Steve, one of those 19 platinum cars that we expected to run the entire season has actually dropped off the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series as a full-time team. They'll still be running a good bit of Outlaws races, but... This will be the first season in a long time that Rick and Barb Rogers and Destiny Motorsports have not fielded a car full-time on the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series. Parker Price Miller and that team shifting gears to chase the All-Star Circuit of Champions title. We'll talk about that series here in this segment as well, but hmm. I'm just, I feel like it's the right move because right now I don't feel like that team is operating at the level that they, number one, know they're capable of, and two, feel they need to be at in order to run full-time with the Outlaws. But it still leaves a little ache in my heart because this is one of the stalwart teams on the Outlaws Tour. It's just hard to see them have to make this shift, even if for a year. Yeah, I agree, Jacob, but you know it has been a tough season for these guys so far, uh, you know, PPM and, and Destiny Motorsports is just not just not had the kind of season that I think that, you know, we expect them to performance wise. I mean, coming into Arizona Speedway, which they will not be at, obviously, you know, just one top 10 on the season, 316 points back of the points leader and, you know, about 20 points back of uh, the position in front of them, which happens to be Brian Brown, which we know is not a, a full-time competitor with the World of Outlaws. So, you know, I, I'm not shocked to see this move. Um, it certainly is going to be a change not seeing Destiny Motorsports, but I will say this. I think that this is, Tom, this is a great opportunity for this team to go back home, regroup, and come out strong with the All-Stars and still have an opportunity to compete for the 2018 championship. I think that, you know, the, obviously, if you're going to make this move, now's the time to do so while you still have an opportunity to get into the championship hunt with the All-Stars. Well, I agree with all that, Jacob, but I'm just a little surprised by this, honestly. Um I don't want to say they're stepping back, but it feels a little bit like going from the Cup Series to the Xfinity Series 
in a way. Uh, and um, Well, I, this is the point that I'm going to make in a minute, but finish your thought. Well, you know, it, it just I, – I, I guess I'm curious, do we know why – they've decided to make the move is it resources is it obviously the uh all-stars I, run I, less races yeah a, a few less races not a lot less races they're running Enough. almost 60 this year well yeah compared to 95 well and two-thirds the schedule well it's almost 60 races in all-star races alone and they're also running whatever world of outlaws races that don't conflict with the all-stars so they're still probably going to be running 75 to 80 races this year but it's what I said off the top, Tom. They don't feel right now that their team is operating at the championship caliber level that they need to be to be running full-time with the Outlaws. They want to take their team and their resources, regroup, get comfortable again with the All-Stars field, and then go back to the Outlaws. Okay. And, to, and it allows Parker to run a little bit closer to home as well, too. Which it saves sense. some of the cross-country travel. So but I, I guess it's stepping f back to eventually be able to do a better job of yes, stepping forward. Correct. And, ag and again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to, to diss the all-star. series. I love the all-star series. I just, it obviously is not as grand of a scale of a series as the world of outlaws is the only point correct. I make. Yeah, that is fair enough. Now, <laughs> as Tom says that I'm going to challenge that. Well, when we come back, you're listening to Motorsports Madness, and we're back in a moment here on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Dippel, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. That's a driver who has some news later this week. You'll hear from Tyler Dippel on our Stock Car Show coming up later this week on the Performance Motorsports Network. Steve was dippling. Yes, Steve was dippling. <laughs> it's unfortunate we don't have our video feed yet, but uh, it's coming, folks. We'll get there. Stand by. We'll get there. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, and Cisco Scaramuza, Bill Holt behind the glass from the Carolina School of Broadcasting as we get back to this show. And before the break, Tom made the argument that the All-Stars, that would be the All-Star Circuit of Champions Sprint Car Series, owned by Tony Stewart, is not as grand a stage as the World of Outlaws. Dr. Dirt, I'm going to argue... Hold on. Before you go there... What? I'm not talking about competition. I'm talking about the number of races that they run and the distance. It's not as grand of a series. And I do believe, just so you can then go to Steve and make your argument, I will say, I don't believe that the competition from top to bottom in the All-Stars is quite yet as deep as the competition from top to bottom in the World of Outlaws. Please allow me to start to blow some holes in that argument. Steve-O, not only do the All-Star Circuit of Champions this year have more full-time drivers than the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series, two Outlaws already have dropped off the Outlaws and will be going for the All-Stars Championship. And how many top fives did, the, did those two have in the World of Outlaws before they dropped off? Combi- between them, how many top fives so far? Well, we've only run eight races. And how many top fives? Five. five top fives. You said between them. Between them. Yeah. Okay. But let, how many let's wins? keep in mind, <laughs> this season, there's only three drivers that have won races my point exactly but neither one of them the reason they're both going to the all-stars they're both going for the same reason basically they don't feel they have the resources to be competitive for wins and champion in a championship in the world of outlaws so they're going to run the all-stars it's close it's a little bit less travel and less resources gives them a better chance to win and run for a championship doesn't matter. Both Parker Price... It, that, and that statement. Well, it, again, I'm, I'm saying that point doesn't matter as much of the fact you're still losing cars from the premier se- from one premier well. series and putting them in another premier series. Let me get back to my point with Steve, please. Thank you. No more interruptions. <laughs> All right. Unless Bill, I want to. Bill, pass out the ammunition. 
Tell Granny to lock the door. It's time to go to war. Yeah. Bill, I want you to press the red button and keep Tom quiet for the next five <laughs> minutes, please, sir. He doesn't want to lose another argument. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not losing an argument. I'm making a point. Steve, I'm looking at the list for 2018. Chad Kemenaw, six-time All-Stars champion, has won numerous World of Outlaws races as well over the course of his career. We already talked about Parker Price Miller, who's an Outlaws winner, and that team has been on the Outlaws for a very long time. Aaron Reitzel going full-time with the All-Stars this year. Just won an Outlaws race out west in California. Um, let's see, Carson Macedo, who has come dangerously close to winning a couple of all of sorry of outlaws races and is driving the Gertie Racing number three G. Dave Blaney, former Outlaws champion in nineteen ninety five, won like seventy something races. Jack Hoddenshield did everything but win a World of Outlaws championship. <laughs> Joey Saldana, who's going all-stars racing full-time after originally signing a platinum contract, has won 105 Outlaws races. Paul McMahon has won a bunch of Outlaws races. This field is crazy good this year, Steve. I love it. Let me give you a couple of comments on that. Number one... To beat the man, you've uh, to be the man. You've got to beat the man. And Chad Kemenaw is, is the man. Going, is the man, and he is going to be the guy that you're going to have to go through if you want to win this championship with the All Stars in 2018. Mm -hmm. Number two, one of those drivers that you mentioned just happens to be my dark horse pick for the championship. Please tell me it's Joey Saldana. It is not. Oh no, man, no. No, faded glory. Um, Correct. I'm going. I'm going with Aaron Reitzel. Really? My dark horse pick for the championship. Wow. Okay. Hang on a minute, Steve. Hang on a minute, Steve. Did you seriously just say faded glory when Joey Saldana won three All Star features last year as a part timer and has 74 of them in his career? Really? I equate Joey right now to Hendrick Motorsports in the Monster Energy Cup. Something something has to happen. Um, Joey has not, you know, and I I, I, I say this I say this uh, uh, lightly here, Jacob. Joey has not been the same Joey that that we have seen in the past that's just been able to go out and win a pile of races. And when it comes time to win races, Joey has not had that step on the field's throat attitude, I don't think, that we've seen him have in the past. I See, I don't think it's the attitude. He, he just flat never clicked last year with the team that he was running with. No, and, you, you but, saw it. When he switched to the Indy Race Part 71 with Bernie Stubigan last year and ran that part-time, he won three All-Stars yes, features and, and last see, year. But, but then again, this is my point. You just rattled off a bunch of really, really fun-to-watch race car drivers who have not, for the most part, been competitive in the world of Outlaws for wins or a championship in a decade or more. 
Jack Hodenshield was competitive. Yeah, Hodenshield being an, an exception. Chad Kemenaw has been competitive in every World of Outlaws race he's run over the past few but years. But again, you know, Dave it's not. Dave Blaney has been too in the modern car. He finished third at the World Finals <laughs> last there's year. There's a reason these guys are not running the World of Outlaws. And it is not because, it isn't because they can't be competitive in a race or races. It's because they don't have the resources to be competitive for 85 races and or in some cases they don't necessarily just want to run all of those races that the outlaws run they want to run less races or at least stay a little bit closer to their home base in the middle part of the country and you want me to tell you why that is okay hey tsr fans out there wake up because i'm getting ready to tell you you can send your hate mail to me i'll burn it tsr is the whole problem of why that cost threshold has become such an issue i'm just being honest i'm not being a cynic i'm not complaining you know what i give tony stewart a lot of credit for what they've done but he came in with a whole bunch more money than anybody else had and at the end of the day that's part of the reason why that 15 team has been so good it's much like what you and i tom talked about on thursday nights for a couple years with the nascar k&m pro series east you raise the whole cost threshold and everybody else is scratching and clawing trying to get to that point see i don't know i think i agree with some of that but, Steve, I don't think I agree totally with it because it's a whole sight different when you're racing bullring dirt tracks than it is when you're running asphalt tracks that are a mile and a half or more in length. Um, I mean, sure, I think some of that is probably the truth. But, you know, honestly, I think Donnie Schatz is just that doggone good. But here's the deal. Eventually... You get to a point, just like Steve Kinzer did, just like Sammy Swindell has. It's not that Sammy can't go win races, but let's put him back in the World of Outlaws car and let him run 85 races. You get to a point where your career eventually starts to turn the other way. And I'm not saying Schatz is past his prime by any means. No, I'm simply not. making the point that eventually the next Donnie Schatz emerges, and I think it's Sheldon Houdenshield. And, you know, I think that's David Gravel. These guys are now very aggressive. They're able to challenge Schatzie. I don't think Schatzie wins 20 or 25 races this year necessarily, at least not in the way that he has in the past. I think you're going to see it more spread out in the so outlaws. So at the end of the year, if Donnie does get to that 20 or 25 threshold, do I have license to say I told you so? Well, you can if you want, but I'm just saying that, I mean, I called him for 50 last year and he didn't get even get close. So, you know, it, it this yeah, well, Steve no, is no, a nobody different... Nobody called David Gravel winning 18 last well, year Well, but either. this is my point steve this is a much deeper more competitive world of outlaws field these the the all-stars guys put on a great show and it's a great series but i'm i'm just saying there's a reason why guys are stepping back and it isn't because they just feel like going over and running with smokes deal it's because they can't be competitive against the world of outlaws field over that many races out of the year so they're trying to to step back in order to be in a series where they can more evenly compete. And I don't think Donnie Schatz is the only reason for that, Steve. Well, and to Jacob's point, Tom, 
if you look at the point standings right now, you know, when we talk about drivers, you, yes, the Outlaws have a good number of drivers that are platinum drivers attending each race. But if you look at the point sheet, we've only really added one car out of those that group that is in the top five. And, and that one driver I'm looking at is Sheldon. Now, even though he was on uh, in the, with running with the World of Outlaws last season, He's with a new team now, which, going back to Jacob's point, that has all the resources they could ever need or want for a team. But when you look at some of the drivers that we've added, to say that the competition is so stout in the Outlaws, the competition, yeah, maybe for a top 10 or a top 15. We've not added teams that can come in and can compete for championships at this point. And and right. that to me, Jacob, that hurts. That hurts the series when guys that See, come I in don't agree, can't compete for wins and can't compete for championships. I disagree. Um completely. I mean, there there are drivers here in the top ten that are competing for those top 10 finishes and, and, you know, sneaking in some top five finishes, i.e. an Ian Madsen or a Corey Elias. And Ian has um, proven over the last few years, let's remind everybody that Corey has not declared full-time no. yet. Yet. Right. He might, but not yet. Uh, we've not got that announcement. But somebody like Ian Madsen has proven he can win one or two races a year, but we don't know what that team is going to be like running full-time. Exactly. And and so at that at that point, if you're one of those teams that is going to sign up to be a platinum driver, Tom, I'm sorry, but you know, you're running for a top 10 spot in the points. Yeah. See, I, I, pretty not much running I just for don't agree five. with that. I don't agree with that. I think I, I, I think right well, now you not agree with it, but the points, the numbers don't lie. Correct. We, we've run eight races so far. Let's get another 15 or so in and then look and see where we're at. And at that watch point. Donnie and Sheldon win about well, 12 of them. Between, see, I, between and, I, and I just, I think once we get more races in, you'll start seeing the Gravels and the Shane Stewarts and those guys start winning more. Uh, we just haven't had a lot of races right now. And obviously those two came out of the box strong. Wow. You just said Shane Stewart's actually going to win races a couple weeks J- ago. You Jacob, didn't give Shane me- Stewart a chance. I <laughs> For the championship? But I do believe he'll win races. Jacob, let me help put a bow on this conversation. Oh, please do. Yes, Tom, we're only eight races into the season, but let's review the 2017 points for the Outlaws last year. Top five cars, all teams that have major backing, uh, that have, you know, unlimited resources when it comes to going after and winning races. And, And they... You know the the car the cars from six on six through ten read like this: Jason Johnson, Sheldon Hodenshield, Craig Kinzer, Logan Schuhart, Brett Marks. I'm sorry, but if you're a new team that's going to join up with the Outlaws, you're not running for top five in points. You're hoping to fit somewhere in the top ten. So are you, so I I am correct when I say that the World of Outlaws is Cup, and the All Stars is Xfinity. And maybe not even that. It may be the truck series at this point. Be- because your your argument is that there's so many more drivers that can win a championship. I mean, th- it, it can't be both. You, you can't, on one hand, say 
and talk about the resources and the outlaws and say that these teams can't win because they don't have the resources. Then talk about the all-stars as being a series where there's 10 guys that can win. Those 10 guys, none of them have the resources that the teams and the outlaws do. So that my cup versus Xfinity, or like I said, even the truck series there's on, is, the, is up the, there. The point is there's on the point is even in the outlaws field, there's only five driver. There's only five drivers driver team combinations that really have the resources to win a championship anymore because of how the cost threshold is so changed it's in the, the cup series i don't know there's about five. five teams in the cup series they just all have four cars but i mean there's about five teams other than truex that can win a championship the rest of them can't it's Again, the same thing money ruins everything. go to the truck series you've got a lot more teams that can win a championship go listen to open red a few guys this year have said my you know Money changes everything. Bill's going to no take doubt. us away. Uh, when we come back, I want to make one more point uh, to some dirt stuff, and then we'll talk some other things before we close this show. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN. We'll be back if we're still on the air. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, 
Designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Garrett Smithley, driver of the number nothing Chevrolet for JD Motorsports, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. <laughs> Tom jumped. It had what? been a little bit. It had been a little bit since we pulled Garrett out of the hat. Yeah, I just didn't remember the re-entry music that uh, <laughs> the production staff picked for him. That's uh, interesting. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, where it gets a little crazy. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Dr. Dirt, Steve Oven, Cisco Scaramuza with you on a Monday night, talking racing and going a little crazy while we're doing it. We went crazy in the last That's segment. Why it's called madness. We'll go crazy in this segment. And we were talking differences between the All-Stars and the Outlaws in our last segment. And I'm going to make a point that I've made to a few people over the last couple of years. And it's why, in my personal and somewhat professional opinion over the last couple of years that if they're not already nervous, World Racing Group should be nervous about what Tony Stewart is doing right now with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. Yes. They have more full-time drivers than the Outlaws have. They've gotten some Outlaws drivers to defect and go full-time with the All-Stars already this season. They have drivers that performed for years on the World of Outlaws Trail and won plenty of races, Steve, and they're now running All-Stars full-time. If the Outlaws aren't nervous, they should be, because right now, I will say it on air, and if and when it happens, you can say... I said it first. Tony Stewart is in the process of creating a revolution among 410 dirt winged sprint car racing. And I believe, Steve, by the time it's over, the all-star circuit of champions is going to end up building itself and surpassing the world of outlaws as the premier 410 sprint car series in this country. They may not ever take over some of the locales that the outlaws have, but I believe from a prestige standpoint, Tony Stewart is in the process of taking that spot away from the outlaws. You can have all the locales in the world you want, but if you're not if you're not what the fans consider the premier series that touts the drivers that they want to see, it doesn't matter. Correct. It doesn't matter what location you run. And and here's something else, Jacob. Not only should they be worried, they only have themselves to blame mm-hmm. for being worried. See, that because, I totally agree with. Because this this is not a new trend. But it is a trend that World Racing Group threw a big can of gasoline on top of back in February. Yes. Let's not yes, forget that they little did. incident. Let's not forget that incident with a t-shirt trailer when a lot of fans said, it's just a t-shirt trailer. What's the big deal? Well, guess what? We, may, uh, we said this in February on this program. We might not know the real effect of this tomorrow or next month, but soon, down the road, we're going to see just how big of a mistake that was because that just added fuel to Tony Stewart's fire. And and unlike 
unlike those that have come in and tried to outdo the world of outlaws in years past, Tony Stewart, in my mind, guys, is the only guy who can actually set out to do this and actually make it happen. And that's the difference to me. See, I don't believe that's Tony's mindset. But if it is, here's I agree with a lot of what Jacob said, and I agree with what you're saying. But here's here's the thing. We don't need for the All-Stars to become the biggest series or take over for the world, whatever, okay? There's 10 million sprint cars across this country. And to have two series that right now... I mean, you can say what you will, but to have two series that are as healthy as these two series are, okay, Jacob's all in a, in a panic because we've gone from 19 commitment cars to 17, and no, okay, no, maybe no, we may I lose did, a couple I more. Now, hold on. I did not say that. We had 12 a year or two ago. We're, all, we're up almost, what, 50%, e- even still with, okay, the world of outlaws has never been healthier in my opinion than it is now since i shouldn't say never since it's the healthiest it's been since the days of kinzer and kinzer and swindell and swindell and wolfgang and in the glory days of of the 70s and early 80s i think the outlaws right now are extremely healthy but i also agree that tony stewart and the all-stars because here's what the all-stars are the all-stars are not as much about dollars and cents it's the tracks are closer the whole series is a little bit more of a regional series though it does you know there's some outliers but it's a regional series and it's a series that to me right now may still be more about fans first than than themselves being the king of something and the danger if the outlaws ever really go down the drain and the all-stars become the outlaws is the same thing happens. You get Tony Stewart racing or some other team in there that spends millions and millions to race sprint cars and you're right back to the same doggone thing again. Except that Tony Stewart as a series owner gets it. He knows that the all-stars, Steve, were founded on the blue-collar principle. This is America's series. This is the working man series. And I believe that if that were to ever threaten to happen with the all-stars, Tony Stewart would sit down with with his team, he would figure out a way to rewrite the rule book and prevent it from ever happening in the first place. <laughs> I, I th- <laughs> so you're saying that the person who made it, the person who caused the outlaws downfall, is going to now not have a team in his own series, or what? What What are you saying here? Cost containment. No, oh. I'm not. I'm not oh, saying so, he wouldn't. So after he tanks the outlaws, it will cost contain <laughs> his own series. Is that what you're saying? There's a difference between being a team owner and a series owner. Okay. Big difference. Okay. Just asking. And I don't think that Tony would field a team in his in the series that he owns because it would be a conflict of interest. I mean, it, so he, you're you're saying even if the Outlaws became a crappy series, he'd just keep his team in there and keep winning championships just to do it. No, I think at some point Donnie's going to cross the threshold that he's going to want to go do something else. And I think I don't think you'll see Tony Stewart field a team after Donnie Schatz decides he wants to go really? do something else. Wow. Frankly. Okay. So you won't race anymore in the Outlaws? Well, Tony's not I'm racing. I'm just asking. Tony's not racing in the Outlaws well, that's now. True. Yeah. Rem- remember he, Steve's yeah, point. Right. 
he was until February. Yep. We'll and and guys, I, I'm really interested, and I know that you know. Obviously, there's, you know, the folks at, at, at WRG headquarters probably can can put their finger on the pulse a lot quicker than we can. But I do, I do wonder, Jacob, how big of an effect the fact that Tony has said he will not race with the outlaws after the incident in February. I do wonder how much of an effect in the in the in the bottom line and butts in the seats, how big of an impact is that really going to have on the Outlaws this season when, you know, they could bank on several events where Tony was certainly a big draw. We'll see. Along Fair. with the other competitors. We'll see. Fair. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we will have a few final thoughts. We will also have a remembrance as we uh, crossed a very special anniversary over the weekend. We close Motorsports Madness right after this. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network, getting ready to start our final segment. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens here 
on the program as we start our white flag segment. And since we've got a cup and Xfinity race this weekend, I figure we ought to go ahead. I'll go last because, well, it gives the rest of you guys an advantage on me. And, well, I'm the host, so I should just go last anyways. But go ahead and give a chance to offer Xfinity and Cup predictions for this weekend in Tejas. Steve-O, you will start the predicting. All right. I On the Cup side, I'm going to go with the four car. Of course uh, you are. Sure. I do like Kevin Harvick to do it again at Texas. And, and on the Xfinity side, you know what? Let's just take a shot in the dark here. Elliot Sadler's had a lot of good runs without a win. Let's see if he gets that win at Texas. Interesting. Tom. Interesting you talk about sad saddle saddler in, in Texas. Ha, ha, ha. Um, it sort of seems to fit. Uh, I, look, <laughs> Kevin Harvick is a good bet for the win at Texas, but the better one is Kyle Busch, and I'm taking Kyle to win the cup race at Texas. And in the uh, Xfinity Series race, which is only slightly cup light, this week, slightly cup slightly light. Cup light. Uh, we have um, Ty Dillon behind the wheel of the three car this week. Kay. And we have uh, Ryan Blaney in the, the 22 car. Deuce. And then we but but here's the key for me in the 98 car. We have the guy who's going to win it. Kevin Harvick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That would be a safe bet. And oh, by the way, Joe Nemechek back in the JD Motorsports 15. Yay! Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. For me, in the Xfinity series, I'm actually not going to pick Kevin Harvick, as tempting as it might be. Okay. I'm going to pick a regular. You're going to pick Tyler Reddick, aren't you? No, I'm not, no? actually. You are incorrect, sir. Hmm. I'm going to pick a guy who uh, slayed people last year on the final mile-and-a-half race and say that he might just do it again and pick Cole Custer. Oh, okay. Very interesting. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just uh, we'll allow Cisco to Wait, pick in I absentia because he's, yeah. not, he's still not with us. I didn't pick my cup Oh, I'm sorry. Yet. You, get, you guys all did it backwards. I picked the smaller series first. Okay. My cup pick is easy. Mile and wait, a half. Wait, Martin. Jacob. Did you say the smaller series? Is that the smaller series or the series that guys can compete on smaller budgets with? Ouch. Okay. Fair enough. Well, the... It's ne- It's really neither. But it <laughs> yeah. is the series with more cars on the entry list. Yeah, however. that is fair. They at least have a full field. Yes, don't forty they? cars yep. in Xfinity. Yep. Not forty in Cup. Not forty in Cup. I pick Martin Truex for the Cup race, though, because okay. mile and a half Martin. Yeah, makes that sense. That is why. Okay. That is why. So. We've got some time here at the end of the show, and I want to continue around the table, and this is going to work really well for the two of you who have a little bit more life experience than I do, but it's not to say that I don't certainly have some memories and videotapes to talk about as well. But over the weekend, uh, particularly on Sunday morning, we passed the 
25-year, I can't believe I'm saying that, a quarter century since the loss of the 1992 NASCAR Premier Series, then Winston Cup champion Alan Kowicki in a tragic plane crash on the way to the race at Bristol that weekend, back when Bristol was the end of March, first part of April. It was right before Easter weekend, and that was the start of a string of tragedies in 93 and 94 that rocked the sport. Tom Allen, we talk so much, he's now on the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame nomination list, and a lot of people thinking there's a very good chance he's going to get in this year. Mm -hmm. You, out of all of us, were able to see most of the reason why. I mean, for those who don't know the name, talk just briefly about Allen's impact on the sport and why he's even ended up at this point on the Hall of Fame list. Wow. Um, where do I start? Well, my memories of Allen actually go back before Cup to when he was running the old ASALA models in um, Wisconsinite. Came, yeah, and uh, came to us, we go a time or two with that group and raced and, you know, and then went to Daytona when he decided to try out um, Winston Cup, went to Daytona with one car and an open trailer and about 25 bucks in his pocket and mm -hmm. ended up uh, starting a career that ended uh, with a championship and the, being the last owner driver to win the Cup Series championship. And Alan did it. The old-fashioned way, Steve. Allen worked his tail off, Jacob, before, uh, you know, to win that championship. Yeah. He, you know, he was the guy under the car, you know, helping with the changes to it. He was, you know, this wasn't a case of a, of a pretty boy that showed up because he had money. Allen Kowicki was the reason that team was as good as it was. I yeah. mean, Paul Andrews certainly was a capable crew chief, yeah. and I... I just remember that when that team was sold and it was Jeff Bodine who bought it, I remember thinking to myself, of course, how perfect, because Jeff was another driver who used to do it that way. Yeah. And, you know, he, those people understood the meaning of the word work. Yes, and they did. Allen was the blue collar, and I believe the last blue collar Cup Series champion that we've had and maybe ever will have. Perhaps, and that was exactly where I was going to go with Steve, uh, the question that I was going to ask you. Alan, Col Alan Kowicki was the definition of the word journeyman. Are we ever going to see that again? I don't think we will. I think the ch the sport has evolved and and way too much to to really go back. I mean, it will. I I think it would. You would have to turn the sport upside down at its current state to see something like that again. You know, I, when I think of Allen's team back in in ninety three, ninety two, uh, that was the team that you know they didn't work harder. They worked smarter. You know, they didn't. There was things on, on, you know, much, much fewer resources that they were able to do. And they were the team that some people overlooked. I mean, I, I really think that, you know, what Alan was able to do in the environment he created with that crew, you know, there are so many names that have played major roles in this sport that started with Alan Kowicki's team or, or yeah. you know, either got their start or spent time with Alan. Yeah. And that's something that I think 
I think back, guys, to something Allen said when he won the championship in 92. I, I think it was at the banquet that he said this, and, and I, I saw it today uh, online. He talked about the fact that he just hoped he could be a good champion for the sport. And though he didn't even get a full year to represent the sport as its champion, um, I think that he was one of the greatest champions the sport's ever had because of the work that they put in and and how they did that. So I just, the loss was tremendous, no doubt. I still can't believe, like I said, it's been 25 years, but 25 years ago on Sunday, it was, in fact, the news that shocked the racing world. Alan Kowicki dead in a plane crash after icing on the wings on the small commuter flight that he and several members of his sponsorship team from Hooters down near Bristol, Tennessee, striking an end to one of the most likable and improbable champions, as we've talked about, that this sport has ever seen. Alan Kowicki was born and raised in Greenfield, Wisconsin, suburbs of Milwaukee, a Polish-American in the shadows of the legendary Milwaukee Mile. But while he achieved much in that small town, he also lost just as much. His mother died while he was in second grade. Then his grandmother, who he had moved in with after his mother's passing, died five years later. The next year, his brother gone. Three deaths, three heartbreaks. But while they were difficult, they gave Kowicki his independence, the same independence that shaped him into a driver who ultimately won the sport's highest honor virtually alone. He was an outlier, an anomaly, in a sport bred in the South. He was a true northerner in a southern-dominated sport, and also the first full-time driver in the Cup Series with a college degree in mechanical engineering from the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. He always sought, Allen did, to show race fans that the best drivers weren't always born and raised in the sport's heartland. Kowicki told the story before his death that he once asked his father while working on a go-kart at the racetrack, why don't you do it? You can do it better. His dad responded to him, well, if you can do it for a while, you can do it better. That's exactly what Alan did. He mastered his mechanical craft. He figured out every way possible to make his race vehicles go fast. He sold all his possessions, save for a pickup truck and his race car, so that he could never go back and left Wisconsin in 1984, headed here to the hub of NASCAR racing near Charlotte, North Carolina, where he hoped to break into glory and ultimately did. His talent was unquestioned. His ability to race clean even when those around him were beating and banging, that was even more unquestionable. The combination of all that plus his mechanical knowledge was scary good, according to Ray Evernham. Evernham actually said, called him a genius. It wasn't just a matter of people feeling like he was a genius. He was a genius. He was impatient. He was straightforward. He was cut to the bone, but he was very, very good. Paul Andrews joined with him 1988. It ended in a victory that season and the debut of the Polish victory lap, something that Alan called special because he wanted the opportunity to wave to the crowd from the driver's side. Ultimately, it led to the epic conclusion of the 92 season when he won the championship the day in which he changed the Thunderbird on his front of the Ford to Underbird. He wore Mighty Mouse on the uniform. He mapped out exactly how many laps he needed to claim the five bonus points for a championship and ultimately won that championship over Bill Elliott that day. At the banquet in 92, 
a song made famous by Frank Sinatra, My Way, played in honor of that championship run that was characterized by unending tenacity, independence, heart, and determination to succeed in a sport that Alan Colwicky knew inside and out and loved dearly. We'll never know what might have been able to be possible had Alan lived longer and been able to potentially do more in this sport, but we may see what his legacy becomes in just a few short moments on voting day for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. One thing in Alan's legacy is for sure. He did it one way and did it that way all the way to the end. He did it his way. Godspeed to Alan Kowicki. We dedicate the end of this show to his memory, and we'll see you next time here on the Performance Motorsports Network. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens, I'm Jacob Seelman. Good night. Yes, it was You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.